You're listening to The Britpop Show, sponsored by Creation Day Festival, playing the best and the rest of Britpop. You are indeed listening to The Britpop Show, and as you can hear in the background, we have the Heroes by Shed7 kicking off this week, and the reason for that is because we have the Alan Leach, drummer from Shed7, in the studio with us after this. I lost my heart in San Francisco, yeah.
for Heroes by Shed7. And why have we got Shed7 playing in the background? The reason we've got Shed7 playing is because we have Alan Leach, drummer of Shed7, with us in the studio. But before we hear from Alan, let's hear one of the songs he chose as co-host of tonight's show. This is Sleeper in Betweener. You keen listeners have noticed that we you couldn't actually hear um, Alan during that last segment. Alan, are you there now? You tell me. Uh, you absolutely are. This is perfect. Right now, we all gremlins have gone, and we are we are back on track. 
But what people probably heard was me talking about some exclusive that you'd, you'd given away and nobody could hear you say it. So should we start again? Shall we, you tell us, um, uh, tell us about the origins of the band? The or- oh, you didn't get any of that? Of course you didn't know. Uh, I'll go as fast as I can then. Uh, my brother was at school with uh, Paul, Rick and Tom from Shed 7 and I was kind of the older brother and I was always kind of a bit snooty about them. They're like little kids band and and I didn't really take them very seriously. And then they started to get quite good, and I had to kind of eat humble pie. And then I joined the band. My o- brother uh, left. Uh, yeah, some humble ocean pie. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, my brother my brother left the band to go and pursue like dance music and stuff like that. And the rest, as they say, is Britpop history. Amazing, amazing. And what was the name of the band? Uh, before I joined, they were called Broccoli Haven. Don't ask me why. You'd have to ask Rick, Tom, or Paul. Um, and don't ask me why they're called Shed 7 either, because they called them, uh, they rebranded as Shed 7 about three weeks before I joined. So, well, Rick told us about that. Did he? Uh, yeah, I, I do know the answer, but um, yeah, you if Rick told probably, me, then I don't. You're probably bored of talking about it, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we won't go there. We won't <laughs> go there. But so, at what point did you realise that you know what they might be onto something? I think we were just getting into similar styles of music, you know, we'd, we'd all started, they'd started listening to the, uh, because they were heavily into the Smiths when they were doing the Broccoli Haven thing, and I never really got the Smiths at the time, although I love Morrissey and the Smiths now, never got it, uh, but then when they started to get into the, the, the more the Manchester sort of thing, the, the Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays, then, uh, and I started to kind of get into that sort of music, then all of a sudden we were on, we were on common ground sort of thing, so I had to kind of, can, can I join your band? Because Rick said that. He said that the thing that really changed it for them was the Stone Roses debut album. And he said that when that came out, they realised, you know what, we've got our up our game. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what, that's what uh, brought us together, really, our shared love for that, really. Well, it's ironic, though, because I prefer the Smiths to the Stone Roses, but you know, each to their yeah, own. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, Rick got me into the Smiths, to be fair. After, after Shed 7, me and Rick became good friends and we were always hanging out together, always at his house. And I remember him playing me... Um, the song where my ears originally picked, uh, pricked up with the Smiths was off Strange Ways, Here We Come, and it was that paint a vulgar picture. It's just musically so flipping amazing and the words and everything. And then I thought, oh, there's more, maybe more to the Smiths than the singles I've heard on the radio. And and then, I, and I, yeah, I love the Smiths now. I wouldn't say I'm, 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 they mean as much to me as what the Stone Roses do, but yeah, I love the Smiths. And so, and so Shed 7, what's the, what's the songwriting process? Um, it's kind of Rick, uh, takes control doing most of the lyrics and Paul or Joe, whoever, whichever guitarist was in the, ta- uh, the band at that time, um, kind of presents Rick, uh, presents us all with some music. We jam around it. Rick takes it away and come, hopefully comes back with something magical. Cause, cause drums always get a bit of a, a raw deal in that, don't they? Cause you can't. Drums are great. Yeah. But, but you can't copyright a beat and so drummers you, you, you know you had, the, you had the Rolling Stones where Mick Jagger was driving around in a Rolls Royce and, and Charlie Watts was driving around in a Mini because yeah yeah, it's, it's a rough deal isn't it it annoys me when Rick goes past my house in his Rolls Royce it really pisses me <laughs> off to be honest I told him to do that he does it deliberately uh, yeah, yeah did yeah I mean the Stone Roses are a good example of that I think of where, where the, the drums are such a massive part of, the, of them songs and I think there was a little bit of um uh, fallout because of that that, that that Rennie financially did I don't think I don't know the ins and outs I don't really want to speculate but I remember at the time people saying I don't think he gets a full credit when when you know on that but I admit on, on some records the drums aren't 
as important as the other thing, as the lyrics and the music. But I think on that record, it is a bit of an exception to the rule. And you've never, you never thought about drumming in white gloves? Um, in white gloves, did Ranny jump drum in white gloves? I don't know. He did drumming. when I saw him at the Etihad. Did he? Yeah. Well, that's a, I've gone off him now. I take it all back. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they were white by the end of it. There's probably a, no. a lot of sweat going through those. Right. What 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 songs do you wish you'd written? There's millions of songs out there. What what's this one song you just think? Do you know what? I really wish I'd written that song. Probably something by. Um, oh, I've got to I've got to say one, haven't I? Let's say. Um, Come on, Eileen by Dex's Midnight Runners. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? They're, they're, to be honest, that's a bad example. I just thought I'd say that for effect. Um, <laughs> but it would probably be probably be something by Dex's Midnight Runners. They're my favourite band, or the Jam, or the Stone Roses. But you want a song title, don't you? So let's say Paint a for Paint a Vulgar Picture by the Smiths, because it um, it kind of it, you know once at the time I remember when I heard it before we'd had any dealings with record companies or the music business. I just thought it was a great song, but then once you've kind of lived it and you've 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 seen all that stuff firsthand, it's just it's a fantastic song. That. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've mentioned the Jam, and one of your songs that you chose is, is by the Jam. When when you're young, why did you pick that one? Yeah, it just makes me. It's just such a nostalgic um, feeling for me, and the lyrics are meant to be. I think they're meant to be kind of nostalgic. It's just about being young and the optimism, you know, feeling optimistic when you're young and it mentions music, you know, um, life is timeless days along when you're young, you used to fall in love with everyone, any guitar and any bass drum. That just kind of sums up how I felt when I was kind of, when I first heard that, I was that kind of age. Is it simply because they mentioned a, a bass drum? A bass drum, that's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> I just love songs with... Uh, instruments in them percussion instruments. well let's hear it now listen out for the uh, n not the actual bass drum listen out for the lyrics bass drum this is when you're young by the jam you're listening to the Britpop show sponsored by creation day festival playing the best and the rest of Britpop.
When You're Young by The Jam. Do you know who picked that? Alan Leach. Who's Alan Leach? Only the drummer from Shared 7, who we have with us in the studio this week. Now, Alan, we've had some people messaging us. We've had a guy called Dave from America. Says he, says well. he, couldn't, says he couldn't hear you, so I've turned right. you up. And now, now, we're, now we're all good. We have Brian, who's also messaged, but we've had a message from Mark. And Mark has suggested that the jam are the best three-piece ever. What do you think? I would say, I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, the, the com- people to compete with them would be, in my opinion, Supergrass. The Police are a good three-piece, but yeah, the jam were always my favourite. Supergrass is a great shout. You don't really yeah. think Supergrass is a three-piece, but they absolutely well, they became are. A fo- yeah, they became a four-piece, didn't they? But in the same way, the jam, the jam had a lot of members in the live band by the end as well, yeah. so... Yeah, well, they they all do, don't they? A lot of them. I mean, you guys don't, but a lot of them. Uh, I went to see the Arctic Monkeys, and you could see there was about four musicians under the stage playing along. <laughs> Were there? Yeah. Like a little sweatshop sort of, yeah, uh, under the, yeah, it goes on, doesn't it? We, I mean, we did, to be fair, uh, most of the time, and I think uh, uh, the, the guys are still now having a brass section on stage, which is what the jam did towards the end, and I think they might have had some backing singers and stuff as well. Which we've had, we've done that the whole backing singer thing. But yeah, it's great. And yeah, to answer that, I, I wouldn't argue with that. The best three piece, yeah. Because I Ash as well. They started out as a, as yeah. a three piece. They uh, they brought Charlotte in on guitar up for the second album, I think. Did you ever ever yeah. you ever bump into them on your tours? Um, yeah, um, we used to bump into Tim a few times. Tim Tim supported us. Uh, they supported us early on. It was somewhere in a very strange place, and I remember he had a pot on his leg, and he did the and he did the gig. Um, sat on a stool. He'd broken his leg and he was sat on the stool uh, and it was that. fantastic. This, this was around the time of, I guess, Girl from, uh, Girl from Mars coming out, I would have thought. And yeah, he was a lovely lad. And I bumped into him a couple of times since and he's always one of the friendly ones who always uh, dead nice guy, yeah. Well, because I remember seeing them, it was probably Reading 98 and they'd had, I think the reason you're talking about they, they had a cast on their leg, I think um, is because they'd been in, a, in an accident in their van, in their tour van. And the bass player was wearing one of those neck braces. And then halfway through the gig at Reading, he just took it off and didn't seem to be that bothered about it. Really? About his whiplash it's, at all. Yeah. Yeah, his head just didn't fall off or anything. Turns out it didn't, no. But that's bass no. players for you, don't really? That's bass players, yeah. Because yeah. Um, this is it, isn't it? With, in any band, you tend to lock in with the bass player, don't you? They're, that's the most important person for you. Me and Tom lock in well, yeah, we do. Uh, we we uh, always did. Yeah, but I think that yeah, that is an important thing, and you, you do see it. You know, if you get a, a change of member, oh, it sounds like a, it sounds a bit of a loaded thing. I'm saying that, but uh, you do you know when you you do notice it when drummers and bass players lock in, and then when they change to play with someone else, it does sound more different than you'd expect it to. Yeah, because um, I remember yeah. Andy Rathbone. Did you ever come across Manson? Did you ever tour with them? Manson, yeah, you'd be surprised how many bands. It'd probably be quicker to list the bands we didn't who didn't play with us back yeah. in the day. So yeah, we Manson supported us on a tour. Uh, odd, odd bunch, if I'm honest. Well, Andy Rathbone, I remember him saying that he's he was the drummer, and I remember him saying that he had to basically teach the bass player what to do and how to play bass because he just didn't, you know, he wasn't tight enough. He wasn't on it, and so he basically really? kept the bass player in in rain. Yeah. Um, I wonder what he'd come back with. The, the bass player would say about Andy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they all they have all sort of split up and disappeared. Have Manson? Yeah, I yeah. It was one of the least. The one of the sort of usually we'd always have a good laugh with whoever you know have fun with the support band. But I don't. I don't actually remember 
any element of fun with that band supporting us at all. I think I think I get the impression the singer was always he ruled with a rod of iron, and the others were all a little bit uh, wary of him and and just yeah it was it was an odd yeah I just remember it being odd. Yeah, yeah. So who was your favourite supporter? <clears throat> I think uh, the most fun we ever had on a tour, we weren't, they weren't supporting us. We supported the beautiful South and they were animals. They were just so much fun. Uh, and it was, it was a, it, that was a really good one, it, the beautiful South. But supporting us, Supergrass were fun. Blue Tones were fun. Stereophonics were fun. They used to support us, believe it or not. So there used to be a bit of a running joke in the industry. If you support Shed 7, you'll do all right. You'll go on to it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it's about time Stereophonics returned the favour, isn't it? Um, yeah, if you want to put that out there, uh, Kelly, what's it? Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones, next time I speak to him. He's he's like yeah. Dorian Gray, that guy. He never ages. No, no, he's a, he's a cool cat. Yeah, yeah, he, he really is. I, I don't know if you can, if you can, if this is a fair question, but what's your, what's the most standout gig you've ever played? What's, what's your favourite gig? Um, my favourite gig, uh, for all the wrong reasons, was Benny Cassin when we did that in 1995. It was just, I don't remember much about the gig, but it was just such a great place to, to do a gig. And it just, uh, the Stone Roses were playing there at the time um, and menswear were there. And we had, oh, that, that, to be honest, they were one of, they were probably the band we had the most fun with. Um, outside the beautiful South, that was a different thing. We were supporting them. We were a bit in awe of them. They were a big band, but on a level, us and menswear that weekend, we were there for the full weekend and it was the funniest weekend. And they were such a laugh with menswear. We'd never, we'd never really hung out with them or anything before. And yeah, that was a great weekend. I, th I think there's a menswear anniversary like today or yesterday. Like it might've been their debut albums, like 21st October, 24th October, somewhere around there. I remember seeing yeah. it on Twitter. I never really got into menswear. I've got to say, I've always felt they were a bit overhyped, but uh, you know. Yeah, I think, I think there was a lot of hype at the time. They were a London band, weren't they? And uh, they maybe didn't live up to expectations, but um, they were certainly nice, f fun guys. Right, it's time for some more music. I know we've got yeah. a lot of listeners out here who are fans of Ride. You've picked Twisterella by Ride. Do you know what? I don't know much about Ride. I just love that song. I think it's just such a, you know, the, the kind of Britpop thing of embracing the 60s and the melodies and things. And I, I don't know much about them. I just really like that song. Well, let's see if the listeners like it as well. After that, we've got some super furry animals. But before we play some super furry animals... I'm going to talk to you about your favourite Shed 7 song, your favourite Britpop song, and, also, and, and even the cheesiest question I ever do, the most famous person on your phone. But before we do that, we're going to, talk, we're going to listen to Ride, Twisterella.
Twisterella by Ride. Alan Leach chose that one because he's in the studio with us. Alan, we've had a message from Davo in America saying, okay. yeah, he's saying, right, he says, I'm a big Shed 7 fan, so that, that's a good start, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. go along with that. He said, I have been since back in the day. He says, I'm looking forward to Alan's solo work, and we'll talk about that shortly. He said, by the way, Alan was responsible for helping me and I'm sure others get through the worst times of, the, of COVID. His online drum lessons and speed quizzing were entertaining and gave me something to look forward to each day while stuck at home. Do you want to explain to the rest of us what that's, that's all about, this love in between you and Davo? Good old Davo. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, got, um, I got stuck in on the lockdown uh, just to keep myself interested, really. I just started doing drum lessons on the floor initially with tapping with spoons uh so as that anyone could join in and then um people started saying okay oh, why don't you get on the actual drums so I, I did move over to the drums which i kind of regretted really because it was a bit more of a novelty i think tapping uh, wooden spoons on the floor um and it, yeah i've had a lot of good feedback from people saying it was an enjoyable thing to it felt like the, the you know it was a bit Oh, we seem to have lost it. We lost in there. We will get him back very shortly. We'll move on to one of his next songs. We've got some gremlins today in the studio. I do apologise. We're going to... Uh, he chose Play It Cool by Super Furry Animals, and we're going to play that now.
You're listening to the Britpop Show. Sponsored by Creation Day Festival. Playing the best and the rest of Britpop. Did you see the stylish kids in the riot? Shoveled up like mocks at the night on fire. Wombles bleed, truncheons and shields. You know I cherish you, my love. But there's a rumor spread nasty disease around town. You cut on the houses with your trousers down. A head rush, and in the bush. You know I cherish you, my love. Strip it away a year and a day. I'll build bones, build bones, knows what I really know. It's eating, it's chewing me up. It's not right for young lungs to be coughing up blood. And it's all, it's all in my hands. And it's all up the walls. Sad, stale chips are up. And the hope stakes are down. It's all these ignorant faces that bring this town down. And the side of some cool pride. Myself down on my knees. You start past myself down on my knees. Now tell me what can you want? You've got it all. All the seniors have seen time will strip it away. A year and a day. I've built bones, built bones, knows what I mean. There's fewer more distressing sights than that of an Englishman in a baseball cap and will die in the class we were born. Well, that's a class of our own, my love A class of our own, my Time for Heroes by the Libertines. And before that, we had Play It Cool by Super Fair Animals. And we are having to play it cool this week because the gremlins are all over the studio. I've gone two years without, without issues like this, Alan. And then today it's all, it's all kicking off. I bring it with me. I bring this, uh, yeah, I bring the gremlins. We used to go, there was a studio shed seven years to, we used to record in, I can't remember what it was in, in London. And they uh, used to, every time we went in, something always went wrong with the technical thing, uh, the, with the mixing desk or something. And, and they used to say it was, was it could have been like, the, the genuinely used to say maybe one of us had some kind of radio act. I don't know. Well, we've worked I don't out who know. it is now, haven't we? Yeah, we do. We know who it is. It's you. <laughs> Absolutely right. Right. So what I was going to ask you before everything all just kicked off, we were talking about the uh, uh, Dave and his on your online drumming. We've and I think you I think you just about finished that. So we were going to move on yeah. to we move on to a really impossible question. I'll start with an impossible one. Favorite Brit pop song. 
Um, favorite Britpop? Oh, good question. And you see, you've just played the Libertines, and even though they weren't, they were like ten years later than Britpop. I think they're one of the best sort of Britpop bands ever. I don't know if they would uh, appreciate being called Britpop, but I just think if they if if they'd been around at the time of, of Britpop, they'd have been one of the, one of the the key players. I think I just absolutely love that band. And they're British, and they're pop, and they, and they take all their influences from the same sort of places that everyone, that all the Britpop bands did. So yeah, um, I, I I do love that song, uh, "Time for Heroes." I just love that band. I think they're great. Okay, well that's handy that we just played it, and then I asked you the question: your favorite Britpop song, and you've, yeah, you've what's the on. chances of that? I know, right? <laughs> now, what about your um, favorite Shed Seven song? Favorite Shed Seven song is probably. Uh, the, my f- most fun one to play is actually most people in a band where you've got like a, the big hit is the one that kind of you know you, you do tire of but but uh, Chasing Rainbows is actually a really enjoyable drum pattern to play it's a bit out of the ordinary and it's just um, a really enjoyable part to play so I would actually say Chasing Rainbows which you probably wouldn't expect well, no well let's talk about Chasing Rainbows because that was supposed to be in lockdown there's rainbows everywhere because of the NHS symbol and mm. was there some talk about you guys actually using Chasing Rainbows and and doing some good with it there was um we we were approached and uh, asked why don't you do something with Chasing Rainbows it was one of them things where if it was going to happen it had to happen in a week or two in the space of a week or two but with all the red tape and we've got different record labels on that record and then it got licensed to someone else and then someone else is the publisher and it just it if we'd got if we were going to do it it would have been about eight weeks later than what it should have been it should have happened and it just it just it didn't happen it was all just down to red tape and things really why we didn't uh, you know, I can't even remember exactly what was going to go on, but it just seemed like all the lunatics just fannying about just just made, made it not happen. Yeah, and you'd think that people sitting around during COVID with not much to do would be able to sit in a room and just get that done in a day. <laughs> you would think so, wouldn't you? Well, you know, turn, turns out not. So when we were talking to Rick, he was talking about you were made to do your greatest hits. It's sort of forced by the record company. Um, yes, it was very much like we wanted to do a third album. Um, oh no, we'd done that. No, we wanted to do a fourth album and they said, no, and now is the time for a great hits. And we thought that was, uh, you know, pushing our luck a little bit, um, putting a great hits out. But on hindsight, I don't know if Rick agrees with me on this, but I think it was one of the best things that happened to us because, um, it turned out there was it, we did have enough songs for greatest hits. Um, because that that it, it did elevate our pro- a time where our profile was probably you know it was the end of Britpop we were, we were probably due to dip down a little bit it gave us a little bit of a lift again did the greatest hits because people were saying wow I didn't realise how many you know sing alongable songs we had and then when we got back together after our little hiatus I think it was the 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 ex- existence of the greatest hits what what had kind of built us up a bit of a, a fan base for playing live and you got disco down from those sessions as well didn't you the greatest hits sessions. <laughs> We did. That was it. I mean, we we saw Disco Down and High Hopes, which was another really good sort of poppy song. Um, we saw them as as the first two songs from a new album, and and the way it was going, it would have probably been a good album because that they were the first two songs we had written for it, so it probably would have been great. But I don't think it did us any harm putting the greatest hits out in the end, yeah. um, because just because it was. Uh, there were some great hits on it. Yeah, and, and I've got it on vinyl, um, and it's called Going for Gold, and it's you know gold vinyl. It's it's a it's a thing of beauty. But also, uh, you released the 25 year anniversary of Maximum High, which is an album, and I've got that on vinyl. And you, it's one of those albums that you just put on and let it play. Obviously, you have got to flip it, but yeah. 
It's just, it's just, and when you were, when you were doing that album, did you know this is going to be good? Um, it sounded good, but we, we, you know, as a band, I think you always think what you're doing is good. You're into it. You're excited about it. Um, and I remember it coming out a similar time to, um, Oasis's second album. There was a lot of parallels with us and Oasis. We put our first single out the same week and then their first album came out a similar time to ours and the second album. We thought, oh, it's going to be, it's going to blow people's minds. But then it did, it was a little bit too close to that album coming out. So it got a little bit overshadowed. And at first I think we thought, oh no, it hasn't done, you know, it, it hasn't been as popular as we thought it would be. But then over time, people kind of got into it and then and then it got remembered a bit more as a kind of a really good album. Yeah. And, and, over, and over the time, the singles started coming out and people realized wow there's quite a lot of singles on this album that's right and it's not a new thing to put a really long song at the end but it of an album but it felt a little bit like with champagne supernova being so long and then parallel parallel lines being so long it felt mm. a little bit like there was some sort of blueprint going on but presumably you guys there was absolutely no crossover you guys were doing these at the same time in different studios we were, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, what I'd probably answer to that is we were both massive Stone Roses fans, Shed 7 and Oasis, and the the the, the Stone Roses album had I Am The Resurrection on the end of it. So I think we were probably, that that was probably your blueprint. Yeah, I, I, I started a show with I Am The Resurrection a couple of couple of weeks ago and 10 minutes in and you've only, you've only played one song. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a long one, but a good one, a good one. Right, we're going to play another a song by The Charlatans, New York City... So it's a great song. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. Why, why have you picked that? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Charlatans. I thought I'd pick one that wasn't an obvious one. And I remember that coming out. It's only a few, it's only probably, I'm guessing, it's about six or seven years ago. And I remember, I think, I think it was the second, al- second single off an album. I might be wrong saying that. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, if this had been the first single or if this had been the 90s, this would have been a huge song. It's quite cheesy and poppy. But it, and and it is derivative of a of a song by the Clash, by all accounts. But it, it's it's just a really I think it's just a really in the nineties we used to go to a club called Brighton Beach in Leeds, um, not to be confused with Brighton Beach in Brighton. And uh, if they'd be, if they'd played that song in there, I think it would. And it used to be a, it was a great place was Brighton Beach the club. And if they played that in there when we were in our mid twenties, we'd have gone mad to that song. Well, fair enough. Let's imagine we're all in a club in our mid twenties. Let's listen to this song now, and then after that, we're going to talk about what you're currently doing and some of your solo work. This is Charlatans. It's from the nineteen nineties.
like a hundred folks and look at you Half alive like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde You'll never see what I seen you do last night There's no need to stop by the charlatans. Good tune, that. Like it. Excellent. Yeah. Have, you, have you not heard it before? I have, but it's not one that I would I would normally play. No. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play it now. It's, it's got a real '60s vibe to it, isn't it? Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got. I mean, it's just it's just an exciting sort of song. Uh, what I think uh, I, I thought it would be a big a big song. That. Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, it's a tune. It's absolutely a tune. Right. So. December always used to be shed December. It was always a big thing in the calendar. Every other year, let's get our shed seven tickets. Uh, yeah. But then, just recently, just before the recent uh, shed December, uh, you left the band. What happened? I did. Yeah, it was a difficult time for a lot of people, as we know, in COVID, and we had a, you know, um, I don't want to say too much about it. I mean, the good thing is we're all friends now. It was a, it was a very trying time for for, for me and and them. We, I wouldn't say we fell out, but it was trying. But the good news, I was out with Tom at the weekend, been out with Rick. Me and Paul have exchanged a few nice texts. So we, 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 you know, we hopefully we're over it. And it's allowed me to, I didn't realize that I was ready for a break until I was on having a break. And now I've really enjoyed doing other things like this album that I've just recorded, which I'm waiting for you to ask me about. I will do. Don't worry. I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Don't worry. Um, but you're, because you're Rick's brother-in-law, is that right? Brother-in-law, yeah, I'm married to Rick's sister. So he can't really um, get rid of you anyway, whatever happens. Uh, no, it's, it, it's, 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 it's advisable that we try and stay um, friends. But yeah, we are. We've been good friends for a long time. And like I say, you know, it was, it was to do with COVID, you know. They, they couldn't give us any assurances that we wouldn't all have to wear masks, that people on stage wouldn't have to wear masks, that the audience and our family wouldn't have to be vaccinated. Not so that I want to go down that, down that route, but it just, it didn't... Um, I was unsure whether we should be doing the tour really and they and it just was the obvious thing to do I kind of I don't know how they see it I kind of like to think romantically I, I stepped down so they could still do the tour and I was kind of the man of the hour but they probably see it quite differently that I kind of abandoned ship and they had to you know uh, so who knows we haven't really even though we go out I was out with Tom at the weekend we don't really discuss it in depth we just I'm just I'm just happy that we kind of 
um, we're kind of friends again. Yeah, and is there any chance of a, of a reunion? Um, who knows? I mean, the thing is, uh, at the moment, I'm, obviously I'm concentrating on this thing I'm doing myself, but likewise, I think they're having fun with the new guys, uh, and I, I know Maxie, I don't know the other guy, Tim, and I, I, I wouldn't want, I'm certainly not going to go to them and say, right, kick kick them guys out and have us back whilst they're still having fun because I don't think that would be fair on them. Do you know what I mean? Even if I did want, I'm not saying that I do want to, but you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I'm certainly going to um, enjoy. I'm enjoying doing my own thing at the moment. So I'm not in a rush to go back. Whether they would want me back, like I said, they're having, they're having fun with the new guys. So I certainly wouldn't force the issue. And yeah, I hope I'm not saying, I'm trying to think if I'm saying anything I shouldn't be saying here, really. Well, feel free to say something you shouldn't be saying. That's, that's what, that's <laughs> I what I'm here for. Um, I don't, the, the, the honest answer is I don't know if they'd want me back and I, I wouldn't be in a rush to go back at the moment just because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, and we will get to that, I promise. I mean, I went to see uh, Shed 7, I think it was last December. Um, it was just, it was it was one of the first gigs back actually uh, that I went to and it was, it was very good uh, I felt like the drummer was a bit out of time could have done with a click track get but, out yeah. <laughs> uh, right I went to see him actually and I thought they were really good I, I went to London I, I wasn't sure whether to go I thought is it going to be weird if I do go is it weird if I don't go I mean I'd never got a chance to see them uh, you know when, when you play for 30 years you think oh, I'd love to watch this band uh, and then I did have the chance, so I did go, and I really enjoyed it. Actually, I got a bit battered, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I, I think most of the audience did. Um, but yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a lot of blokes there, I've got to say. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of it's, men. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a manly affair, you yep. shed seven. Right, tell us what you're up to now. So I've got um, an album. I've made my own album. I've sang on it, rightly or wrongly, written all the songs. And it's, I think it's just something I wanted to get out of my system. I and mean, you've got to remember when we uh, when we split up before, Tom, Rick and Paul all did their own solo things. Um, and I never, and I think it's always been niggled, niggled me a little bit thinking, you know, I want to have a go at that. And now I have, I've kind of got it out of my system and it's released on the 4th of November and it's called I Wish I Knew Now What I Thought I Knew Then. Good title, like it, because um, there's that there's that joke, isn't there, about what's the last thing a drummer says in the band? Should we try one of my songs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a uh, it's yeah, it's one of those things you don't get um, much of a look in on the sort of the song. I think I think, and that's that's not uh, me saying that that's unusual, and that you know I hold that against Shed Seven. I think ninety percent of drummers in bands would say that they, 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 yeah, that's just how it is. So are you the new Foo Fighters then? You've stepped out from behind the drums and now you're going to rise from the ashes. I am the new Foo Fighters. That's what I am. The new, the, the whole of them. No, I am. Uh, no, I'm just, it's quite singer songwriter. It's probably not, it, it, if people are expecting it to sound like Shed 7 or the Foo Fighters, I think you're going to be bitterly disappointed. <laughs> uh, and so is, have you got a single out before the album comes out? Um, I've already, I've got two songs out now, but I'm having a nightmare with YouTube. But you know, when you're doing it yourself, I've put one, I've put two singles out, and they've both gone out as two separate artists. So I'm battling things like that at the moment. But yeah. if you type in, if you if you go on your street, in fact, the best place to go is to, to go on YouTube and type in Alan Leach music, and you'll see the two songs. I've got one called A Dozen of Me, uh, and another one called Clouds Behind the Moon. Oh, you can go to alanleachmusic.com and, and you can listen to three on there as well. So just to be clear, you're having gremlins or technicalities with your it is that what is that's what we're establishing <laughs> it sounds like it doesn't it i am yeah um, and, uh, and, so just the, IT. and is there any chance of you i mean you're only one person and you're a drummer so it's not like you can go out and tour it is there any are there any thoughts of trying to get out and do anything live 
Well, I am actually, yeah. I'm doing two gigs in December in York with a full band and I'm rehearsing for that as soon as we finish doing this tonight. I've got a rehearsal in here. I've got a full band doing the album and then I'm going to do some of the songs what I did on YouTube as well in lockdown. Amazing, amazing. And so do you know when those gigs are? Third and fourth of December. No, second and third of December or one of them two things. So what you're telling the audience here, all of these yeah. Shed Semba fans, is that Shed Semba is actually happening this year. It's in York. And exactly, yeah. If you want to look at it like that, yeah, yeah, there you go. It's a kind of a, a budget a budget makeshift Shed Semba, if you like, if you want to look at it like that. And are you going to, I mean, you're really selling it, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. It's, it's going to be good. I'm terrible for that. I was playing things down. It's going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. Well, it does sound like it will. And are you going to do a little bit like Liam does and are you going to chuck in a couple of Shed 7 songs? It's been discussed. To be honest, I don't want to give, I don't want to give uh, anything away. I don't Come want to give anything away. You've got it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> okay, it's going to be 90% Shed 7 songs unless it's not. <laughs> in which case, I'd be surprised if I don't, but I don't want to say, I, 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 we haven't practiced uh, the, any Shed 7 songs yet, so I don't want to say yes, definitely, in case it sounds uh, awful and then I decide not to do it, but... I do I do think that if you go to a gig and see someone like Liam Gallagher and he doesn't do any Oasis, it's, it can be a bit miserable, can't it? So read into that what you will. I've, I believe that people of a certain age, and that's most of most of us, uh, are very resistant to new anything new or change. And so I think the, the idea that they will hear something comforting that they recognise is just, is just nice for them to have at a, uh, at a gig. Well, it has crossed my mind, David. Like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but, but we, we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, I had, I had that. I, I saw you guys supporting Ocean Colour Scene. I think it was in Leeds and the Blue Tones were there as well. And Mark Morris said that. He said, right, we're going to try a new one. And the whole crowd just moaned. And he said, don't worry, don't worry. Our capacity to play new songs is about as, as limited as your ability to listen to them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's funny, Mark. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a funny guy. And, but, and then you guys came on and uh, I think so. I think it was Blue Tones Shed 7 in an Ocean Colour scene. And I was like, well, this, mm. is an, this is an amazing gig. It was good fun. And for, for those fans of the, of the, of the radio show, we, we are talking to Simon fowler of ocean color scene i'm talking to him this week so that will be coming up very soon right is there anything else we're getting towards the end of the show is there anything else you would like people to know about what's coming up we talked about your new uh, your new stuff remind them where they can get it um then it's alanleachmusic.com or if you just type in alan leach music on youtube and if you go to i think it's c tickets or one of the if you go to alanleachmusic.com there is links to buy the tickets to the gigs on the second and third that's a friday and saturday night at the crescent in york and it, 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 it there's not many tickets left for that by the way so that's probably why i'm not bigging it up that much is because i know it's it's almost sold out oh well let's try and get it sold out by tonight and then you can do let's another do it one. then you can do another one yeah. can't you? is there a chance that you might add tack another date on who can tell? Maybe the whole of whole of December. Well, that well, that would be good. That would be good. Mm. And what's the venue like? Is it a nice and intimate venue, or it's, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a work, an old disused working men's club. Yeah. Well, not disused, a used working men's club, very used. Like a working men's club. It's just. It's a working men's club of a fashion. <laughs> get, get rid of but the word used. It doesn't uh, you know, uh, Gaz Coombs played there recently. I think Tim Burgess has played there. It's a great place. Stop name dropping. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, thank you so much, guys. Go out and Likewise. listen to to Alan uh, Alan's new music when his album hits. Make sure you all go and listen. And why not go and go up to York and and go and see him play? Because live music's where it's at, isn't it, Alan? It, it certainly is. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again. No doubt we'll speak speak again soon. But for the rest of you, see you on the flip side.